Hello and welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is a podcast created to enhance, connect and inspire the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So wherever you're listening from today, I want to thank you for taking time to tune in. I'm delighted today to present another conversation with a Yarra old grammarian, a yog. Today I sit down with Paul Singer from the class of 1988. We share some of his early reflections from his time here at Yarra Valley Grammar, starting as a year five student. We talk a little bit about some successes, some failures, where he's gone in his journey, in his career, from the military to now working and based in Canberra, working very closely with the Governor General of Australia. In fact, the day before we recorded this interview, he had just farewelled the Duke and Duchess of Sussex who had uh, famously been here on their visit to Australia and, uh, and they're now heading off to New Zealand at the time of recording this interview. Paul Singer, some great stories, some great reflections, some wisdom that he has gleaned from his years of the highs and the lows. We get a little personal about uh, family life and how he balances that and uh, some of the challenges of that but also how he continues to uh, aspire to uh, bigger and better and seeking to impact the world. And, uh, and you'll hear a little bit more about that as well. I begin today's interview by asking him to reflect on his early memories as a Year 5 student coming to Yarra Valley Grammar. The, the, the very first memory I have of Yarra Valley, um, uh, having started... Uh, early in year five in a brand new school with a, a pretty large intake actually uh, for year five. It was a pretty popular year for, for new students to start at Yarra. But my first most vivid memory was looking out of Mr Ramsden's classroom down towards the freshly cut grass of the, the ovals and smelling that, uh, that fresh smell of newly cut grass and thinking, wow, what, a, what an incredible environment this is. Uh, with all of the facilities, looking out onto the, the green grass, the playing fields, um, the wonderful environment that was Yarra Valley, and uh, and looking forward to many years that that were ahead in terms of the educational journey. That's fantastic, and and look, we're very proud. It's still a magnificent place to be and to work and and learn and grow and play and all of those things. It's a magnificent space. I wonder if you just touch on the sporting fields for a moment. Did you uh, spend a lot of time out on the fields, and what was your uh, sporting pursuit look like? Uh, I did. I was I was very passionate about sport and keen to give any any sport a go whilst I was at Yarra Valley, but. The, uh, the two sports that uh, were really prominent in, in my childhood and, and growing up uh, throughout my schooling years were both AFL in winter and, uh, and cricket in summer. And those you talk about vivid memories, the, the memories of, uh, of Mr Emmett and, and Mr Murray running up and down the, the football oval in the winter. And it wasn't particularly good drainage back there, so it was trailing through what seemed like knee-high mud going up and down, encouraging the boys to give it their best, and um, Mr Lee Murray, who was, I think, the, the deputy principal of the junior school at the time, yelling out, Murray's rules, lads, as he took liberties with uh, with the AFL rules, but there were some pretty happy times and uh, a lot of fond memories. That's fantastic, and, and were Murray's rules, was that, uh, is that partly to make sure that everybody got a kick? 
I, I think there was a, an element of that, but also just to remind the students that uh, he was well and truly in charge, just to ensure that there were no liberties taken by the students and uh, to ensure that everyone got a fair go. And uh, I'm not quite sure that the school board aligned with reality on each occasion, but I remember we all had a lot of fun and, uh, again, a lot of enjoyable moments, great memories and, and friendships formed on, on that football oval. It's so important, isn't it? The uh, the mates that you make, the friends that you uh, connect with at school, um, carry you through, and 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 they're your friends there in the you know in the moment. But they also and, and teammates as you explored there in in your sporting uh, reflections. But also they are they are your mates in class, and uh, and and also you know when you're representing the school in a, a variety of other ways. And and I'm thinking right now, um, I'm I work across the the junior school through the middle school into the senior school as well and right at this moment we're in the midst of junior school rehearsals for our uh, a big production of uh, Mary Poppins this year and so our junior school students are very much um, a part of that and uh, and got their head down in that do you recall any times when you were on the stage as a performer as a singer as a musician did you uh, or were you more of an audience member no I, well I wasn't much of a singer but uh, I was certainly keen to uh, to throw my, my hand into to every opportunity that I possibly could. And reflecting on, on my time at Yarra, I, I remember being really active on the sporting field, uh, but also making the most of those other co-curricular activities, such as being involved in drama. I remember being part of the, the junior school orchestra. I played the violin for a number of years through the music program there. Um, debating the magazine committee, all of those sorts of things I think really added to the richness of the whole experience of school and provided a really healthy balance, I think, to, to the academic pursuit. And one of the, I think, the great things that Yarraville certainly did during my time and I understand continues to do is places a strong emphasis on the development of the full person, um, not just concentrating on academic achievement, but recognising that everyone has the ability um, and, and capacity to make their mark in their own individual way. And Yarra Valley for mine was an environment that really sought to bring out the best of, of every individual. And and I, th- I think you're quite right. Both that was our goal and our aim then, and it, it continues to be today. And, and look, not every student is going to flourish in, in every aspect of, of growth and development, but yes, we try and provide enough a variety of opportunities that everybody's going to find their thing. And, uh, and, and certainly, you know, whether that is on the sporting field, up on the stage, whether it's behind the scenes, whether it's in the, in the classroom, all variety of uh, opportunities are presented. I wonder whether you can reflect for a moment, Paul, on who were the, who were the people? Who, what was the group? Where would you be found? Sort of as you push into secondary school, were you, you know, did you hang out in the library? Did you hang out, uh, you know, I don't know, behind the shelter shed? <laughs> where, where, what was the sort of crowd of people you hung with and, and how did that influence you? Well, I think uh, most of my my lunch times and uh, any spare time that I, I might have had, particularly as I was coming through middle and senior school, was walking the, the turf pitch out on the Patterson Oval there and inspecting the, the turf wicket before the, the weekend's uh, cricket match. And, and that was a real love affair for me is... Uh, is um, being deeply involved in, and around the sporting scene. So if there was a, a hint of sunshine, even if it was a slight drizzle, most of us would be out there either 
having a hit or kicking a ball or, or certainly running around. Um, I, I, I can't recall many lunchtime spent in the library, I have to say. I think most of my academic work was probably done after hours into the late hours of the evening. And um, whatever daylight there was, I was making the most of out on the sporting field. And uh, so <laughs> I, I love all of the admissions right there. Um, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, your academic pursuits in a moment. But I, I just let's let's focus in on your two loves of cricket and football. Um, and what were your specialties in those two uh, teams? Were you a batter, a bowler? Were you, a, you know, did you fly off the halfback flank? Or, you know, what sort of uh, positions did you like to hold down? Well, in the footy, my uh, my career was short-lived due to injury in the later years, but uh, I enjoyed playing in the forward line and uh, trying to snag a few goals wherever I could. And um, But for me, it was really the memories of playing alongside a great bunch of lads. Um, but unfortunately, was was not able to achieve the dream of playing for the first 18 due, due to personal injury. But in relation to, to cricket, um, I, I dedicated a lot of time to, to improving my game there and probably never realised my, my full talent but, but um, certainly gave it my all as, as initially a wicket keeper and, and found that that's how I sort of cracked into the team in the early years and, and found my way through to middle school cricket uh, infrastructure and then as, uh, as I came into the, the orbit of Mr Banks who was the then um, first 11 coach, God, God bless him and, and now dearly departed unfortunately but a, a real influence on my life both within the cricket scene but also more broadly as a person um, but he I think cast me as a bowler initially uh, and then I started to, to find my way as a, an opening batsman but as I say I, I didn't give the, uh, the scorers much of a trouble but um, but enjoyed the time immensely and, and those long days out on the Patterson Oval playing with First Eleven are some of my, my greatest memories of my time at Yarra Valley. That's fantastic. And uh, and we're delighted today to hear on our uh, podcast known as Inspired by Yarra to be te- speaking with Paul Singer from the class of 1995 and just uh, reminiscing a little over the uh, some of his Sporting prowess and uh, and the, the the warm summer days of uh, of being out on the cricket field and and reflecting particularly about the friendships and the mateship that uh, that come from from sport and and being able to play sport with your mates is uh, is a real treasure. Um, Paul, tell me a little then about your academics and uh, was there a particular subject area that you spent more time doing because you enjoyed it or maybe you had to spend more time doing because you struggled and you battled and you, you, it took more of your time? Ha, ha, reflect a little bit on um, what, what the classroom situation was like for you. Well, I guess the overarching memory is that um, I really enjoyed the academics and, and I know to, to perhaps some of the current students that, that might sound a, a little bit weird, but I, I had a pretty positive disposition to my time at school and I think that was partly a consequence of the balance that I tried to maintain between the academic uh, requirements and, and pursuits and, and that combined with the many other opportunities that, that Yarra offered. And in, in keeping that balance, I think... Um, I, I was able to retain some some pretty strong motivation to wanting to do well academically and uh, never found it a real chore to, to get stuff done. I always found that 
throughout all of my years at Yarra Valley, whether it be the French classes with Mr Deldo or um, the, the specialist mass classes, even though a lot of it didn't make a, a lot of sense at the time with Mr Banks, it, it sort of all clicked into gear. Uh, and I recall that the teachers were, were tremendously dedicated to ensuring that, that every one of their students that were, were having a red-hot crack were, were getting a really um, first-class support from, from the teachers at Yarra Valley to ensure that we could each achieve our, our own potential, whatever that might be and in whatever pursuits that might be. Um, so you know, I, I have some pretty positive memories of my time both in the classroom and, and outside. And for me, that, um, that completes a, a pretty full picture of, of my time at Yarra Valley. No doubt, uh, influential. Your time here, the, the the friends that you hang out with, the teachers who inspire you, uh, and and look, there's no doubt that schools do have a strong influence on on our character and our outlook on life. And I wonder whether you can describe the bigger picture experience at Yarra and how perhaps that influenced your values that you still foster today. Yeah, so there's, a, I guess, a couple of standout moments that um, that really create some pretty strong memories for me. My, my first is in my first full week at Yarra Valley, which was the, the Grade 5 camp, and they were pretty quick to, to get us onto the bus and up to Hanging Rock, where we had a camp in, in only our first few days together, and as I mentioned earlier, it was a pretty big intake, so there was quite the combination of new faces to the school and those that had been there for, for some time. But I remember as I, I got to know some of my classmates, and there's a few names that really stick out. There was a, a student called Wayne Butler, who was a member of the, the hearing unit program, uh, who was uh, had hearing impairment, um, almost totally deaf, um, a fine sportsman in his own right. And just speaking with Wayne and, and learning about his his own challenges as he tried to navigate his way through school with the support of the, the hearing unit taught me a lot about compassion and, and empathy and understanding because for me it was the first time I'd actually um, ever encountered someone with, with a hearing impairment. And uh, what Wayne taught me was to, to understand that, that everyone comes from a, a different base uh, but we're all just trying to create our own way. We're all trying to navigate our own challenges and that collectively uh, we all have, uh, I think, a responsibility to, to help others in that in, as they navigate their, their own pathway. And there was another name that, that stood out for me as well and, and that was, um, again, in Year 5, a boy called Russell Cohen and he was born um, with essentially two stubs uh, on uh, as hands and um, a, an early form of prosthetic in, in one of his legs. And this was a guy that just gave his all, whether it be out on the footy field, whether it be on the downball court, and just to see um, the way that he was able to, to cope with the normal rigours of, of the school environment and do so in a way that, that was always with a smile on the face, um, despite what I assume would have been tremendous hardship and, uh, and and hurdles for him to, to climb and jump. But it was done so in such a way that, again, with the full support of the Yarra Valley, Yarra Valley community behind him and, and Wayne, as I say, um, taught me a lot about the fact we're not... Um, we're, we're, we're all different. We're all unique. 
and we all have uh, tremendous skills to, to contribute to the table. And uh, in an environment like Yarra Valley, we're really encouraged to, to really bring those to the fall. And then at the other end of my, my time at Yarra Valley, I'm reminded of an experience where uh, we were just about to go on the inaugural challenge first 11 cricket tour to both England and Wales back in uh, 1994. And I had suffered a, a personal injury just before we were scheduled to depart. And I remember being quite honest with my parents and, and with Mr Banks, the first 11 teacher at the time, about whether in fact it was sensible for me to go. Um, I, would, I was going to be on crutches for several months leading up to the tour, likely to come off crutches just days, if not hours, before jumping on the plane to go across. And I remember my dad making a what would have been a pretty tough phone call to, to Mr Banks and saying, look, um, we just don't think Paul's up to it. We think it's better that someone else has the opportunity. Um, and Mr Banks just simply replied, tell Paul to pack his bags, see him at the team photo tomorrow, tell him he's coming. Oh. And for me, it highlighted that it's not necessarily always about winning and losing. It's about simply uh, getting to the start line and recognising that whilst we may not necessarily be able to make the centuries or take the five wicket hauls, we can make contributions in other ways. And it was clear to me at that, uh, at that time that I would have a contribution to play in, in helping galvanise the team, um, playing a, a leadership role within the team, uh, helping some of the younger players as they um, assimilated with, with the team and, and mixed with the, the older players. And it was a pretty stark and, and valuable life lesson for me about um, the contribution we can all make regardless of the circumstances. What a fantastic series of reflections and stories. And, I mean, we're, we're, this podcast, as I mentioned, is called Inspired by Yarra. And some of those stories there that you've just shared are truly inspirational, both the, the, the power of teachers who made great choices and also some, some classmates who you travelled the journey with and, and you saw how they coped with, with various challenges. We've all got challenges, but fantastic. Thank you so much. There, there's some great, um, great reflections. I wonder, and, and you might refer back to those sorts of things or, or maybe others, but I just want to talk about success for a moment and what does success mean to you? What does it look like for you today? Um, and then we're going to lead into what you're doing now and what your role is now, but and, and whether that plays into your understanding of what, is, what does success look like? Well, for success for me uh, at this stage of my career, and it's, it's something that's really been crystallised in, in recent years, but as I reflect on it deeply, I can see that the seeds were sown uh, well and truly during my time at Yarra Valley. And... When I think about success now, I think about making a, a contribution and encouraging and helping others be the best version of themselves. And I think that that is a, a lesson um, and an ethos that was certainly very, very uh, clear at Yarra Valley. And it's something that's been a consistent theme throughout my, my career after Yarra Valley as well. Uh, I sought to, to join the the Royal Australian Navy immediately after leaving school and I commissioned as an officer and went through the Australian Defence Force Academy uh, in Canberra for a number of years and then embarked on a pretty exciting career in the Royal Australian Navy 
for a number of years and, and committed to a, a, a career of military service. And then after having done that for uh, 13 or 14 years or so, uh, was offered an opportunity to, to uh, make a transition into the public service. And I've been reflecting in recent times about what that means and it's it's clear to me that my values, my, my personal values, align with um, a commitment to service. And when I really break that down and think about it from not only a professional perspective but also a personal perspective, at, a, at its heart, leadership and success for me is all about uh, encouraging and helping people become the very best version of themselves. That's fantastic. And and so how do you see that played out in your day-to-day role now? What is your role and, and how do you see that you are helping others to be their best? So at the moment, I'm the official secretary to the Governor-General. Um, so I'm based here in Canberra. Uh, it's a statutory appointment responsible for leading the highest office in the land as both the, the Governor-General's most uh, senior and closest advisor, but is also CEO of the Office of the Official Secretary to the Governor-General. And it's a great honour. Uh, we collectively play a part on shining a light on the very best aspects and attributes of Australian society. So in that, uh, we get to see every single day uh, some wonderful things right across Australian community and um, Australians achieving tremendous things both locally and abroad. And it, it, when I think about the foundation and opportunities that I had uh, in my earlier years, um, I, I reflect on the fact that life in many respects is a bit of a lottery. Um, but regardless of the circumstances or the environment that we're in, uh, we each have tremendous skills and attributes and unique abilities that have the capacity and power to make a tremendous mark in the careers and lives and and, uh, and help with the aspirations of others. So um, I, I, I'm really privileged to, to be in the role that I'm in, but it's been a, a sort of long road to get here through a, uh, a career of military service with the Royal Australian Navy, including operational service in the Middle East. And um, I, I, I guess now at, at this stage in in life, having um, got to this stage of my career, uh, success for me is is heavily influenced by what the next generation brings to the table as well. And uh, as, a, as a very proud father, uh, there's, you, you, I find no greater pride than, than seeing my own children uh, at the age of 10 and 8 respectively um, start to carve out their own way and navigate their pathway through life and seeking to uh, pursue their own aspirations and goals. And, and isn't it true that it's uh, that it, it takes all those aspects of life, both both your professional journey and also your personal journey, that that they speak to each other, don't they? And 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 just because one part of your life's going well doesn't necessarily mean the rest is too. And but if you can kind of get that balance close to right, um, then uh, you know you've gone a fair way to uh, to living a fairly fulfilling and satisfied and content life. And it sounds like you've got challenges at home which are, are exciting and adventurous and, and proud moments and that's that's of course very wonderful but equally there's you know no doubt being stretched and challenged at work too um we're speaking with paul singer um 
And Paul, uh, you've been very generous with your time, and I, I'm not sure how hard um, pressed we are for you know a couple more questions. But to say, what does the rest of today look like for you? That at least which you can uh, share with us in, in the calendar. It's not you're just your own calendar. You're also <laughs> looking after the, uh, the the itinerary. I dare say for the Governor General, what does today hold for you? Uh, well, today I'm uh, I'm back in the office after having been on the road for for a couple of weeks. In fact. Uh, only yesterday, farewell to their Royal Highnesses, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, uh, on behalf of all Australians as they left Australia and, and headed to New Zealand after what was a tremendously uh, successful visit. And I think one that really captured the imagination and admiration of, of all Australians and, and those who came into contact with them uh, as great role models um, of the next generation. And for me, uh, that in part highlights um, just a, a sort of another day um, in this very privileged and, and wonderful role. Uh, today what I'll be seeking to do as I, I have a day in the office will be uh, reconnecting with the staff, um, talking to them about some of the successes and, and lessons that we've learned over recent weeks, um, trying to um, continue with a, a, um, a program that I'm seeking to implement here of organisational change and growth uh, within our professional culture at the office um, and preparing for uh, an overseas trip that uh, we'll be starting later in the week, which will take in parts of Asia, Middle East and, and Europe in the lead up to Armistice Day, where the Governor-General will, will be representing all Australians at a uh, commemorative service in, in France on the 11th of November. And, and do you travel on that trip? Is that what happens? You, you would travel with him and, and sort of effectively be his right-hand man? Yeah, I, I do do a lot of travel and um, it very much depends on the, the nature of a trip and the program that's um, that's involved and, and the complexity and sensitivities associated with it. But in this role, I, I do find myself uh, spending a lot of time away from home. Um, and with that, uh, I, I, I really need to have some pretty robust and disciplined practices in place to, to be able to deal with that, not only professionally to ensure that the, the in-tray is, is managed and that um, the office keeps ticking along, but perhaps more importantly on the home front to ensure that I can play my part there as a, a husband and a, and a father and remain deeply engaged with, with what's happening with my wife and, and my children. Um, and whilst it's hard not necessarily always being there physically, um, trying to find ways that, that work for the family to ensure that uh, remain very much part of what's going on on a day-to-day basis at home as well. That's fantastic. I, I love that you... Um you know, yes, you mix with with royals and uh, and the highest office here in our own uh, nation, and yet you, you've got your own family um, front and center as well, and and making it all work. And I think that's that's brilliant, and and quite the inspiration to 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 parents, to families, to to see that in fact there is a way you can make it work. Paul Singer, I wonder, can you, and I look, I apologise if I'm breaking with protocol here, but can can you give us a little insight on what what the Governor-General likes for breakfast. What's his favourite breakfast? Oh, uh, well, it's, it's no, no breach of protocol and I, I don't think I'm declaring any national secrets, but uh, like, like many people, um, the, the Governor-General and Lady Cosgrove place a great importance in looking after themselves and when they undertake over a 1,000 formal commitments each and every year, uh, it's it's quite a, a demand on, on them personally. Uh, so they look after themselves pretty well. 
and generally they start the day with a very healthy breakfast. The Governor-General uh, often likes an, an omelette, uh, perhaps with a little more chilli than I would like, but um, he, they, they start the day on a, with a pretty solid meal. <laughs> That's fantastic. It sounds like uh, it, it's holding him well and uh, and a little extra chilli might uh, just give him the pep in his step that he needs to, to go through, uh, no doubt, some very long days and uh, and, and very much uh, on show a lot of the time as well. Uh, look, if, if you would be so kind, I've got two more questions and then I know that uh, that you need to launch into your day and, and get back in and, and care for your staff and reconnect with them. I wonder whether you might just um, mention a little bit about your experience with, with failure. Um, we've talked about success, but uh, equally, no doubt, along the way to get to where you are now professionally and, and personally, there's been a, an, an encounter or two of failure. And, and what does that look like and how do you cope with that? So failure for me has, has come in different forms throughout my career. And um, the, the observation I made earlier about uh, my time at, at Yarra Valley and with the first 11 was probably my first exposure to failure in some respects and when I talk about failure in that sense it's it's um, being an opening batsman and giving my wicket away cheaply and you know in some respects that sounds pretty simplistic but you learn a lot about success and failure and perhaps most importantly grace on the sporting field and I think that's what I loved most about the, the sporting program at Yarra Valley is that win, lose or draw, it was all about how you carried yourself as an individual. And I think many people that have been involved in sport and other programs, the many programs that Yarra Valley offers, uh, it's always been done in a way that re- reflects the very best of human endeavour. And um, part of that has, has carried through for me on a, on a personal level where having been very privileged to, to travel with the Governor-General of the day over a number of years. Um, I've seen hardship, I've seen heartache, I've seen failure um, in, in, in commu- at the community level, at the individual level, at the national level. Um, and that's, in fact, what motivated me to, to start in 2009 my own charity uh, called Make a Mark Australia because we were so deeply inspired and moved by some of the heartache that we saw in an African community that a colleague and and myself felt compelled to do something, anything, to simply help these children that we had observed had walked 14 kilometres a day in order to just get to school. Uh, And it just seemed so grossly unfair to me that here we are in in a relatively privileged uh, society in Australia that there are these people around the world that, that just simply don't have the same luxuries, the same opportunities uh, as what we sometimes regrettably take for granted. And through Make a Mark Australia, I've, I've learned a lot about success and failure. Um, it's, it's, it's not easy starting your own charity. There's a lot of uh, bureaucracy to get through initially, uh, but it's tremendously rewarding and empowering work. And through some, some pretty hard years over the last uh, nine years or so since, we, since we've uh, been in operation, uh, we've now completed uh, 17 projects in seven different countries and uh, at our last calculation have empowered over 40,000 young children. Uh, we've improved access to education uh, through some of our Make a Mark Australia programs. So um, it's inevitable that through your career, 
you, you are constantly brushing with both failure and success. And one of the things that I've always reminded myself to do is to treat any uh, experience with failure as a learning opportunity. And I know there's, there's a lot of people that say that, uh, but for any of the current students at Yarra Valley that might be listening, um, in an environment like Yarra Valley where you are uh, safe and protected, I encourage you really to experience failure, to, to, um, to embrace it. Uh, as a tremendous learning opportunity because the more bumps and bruises we have along the way, uh, generally the stronger and more resilient we are later in life. Very sound advice uh, from from someone who's seen so much, as you say, both of the success and the glamour and the glitz, but also the, the hard reality of life as it is for so many as well. And, and uh, you know, what a what a tremendous outpouring of your own spirit to go and uh, and lend a hand and put in the tough yards to to get that up and and to be helping so many children uh, have access to education is is brilliant. Um, Paul Singer from the class of 1995. My final question, and it's a little bit of a test, and then your reflection. We have a school motto here at Yarra Valley Grammar: Lavavi Oculus. And I wonder if you can recall what that means. Uh, in terms of its translation to English, and then, and if not, I can give you a hint. But otherwise, what what does that term mean to you, Lavavi Oculus? I can remember because uh, it it actually came back uh, as a very valuable lesson in my military career. So the, the translation, and I may have it slightly wrong, but uh, it essentially means lift up thine eyes. Uh, and then, of course, the school song, I think, goes on to say, I lift them to the hills, uh, making uh, reference to, to the Dandenongs uh, just on the horizon. But there was a very practical application of of that school motto for me in my military career when, uh, having spent thousands of hours on the bridge of warships, uh, particularly up in the North Arabian Gulf during the conflict in 2003, a lot of people uh, are relying on a lot of different information. And I know that people were inclined to want to use technology to uh, to source the, 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 the inputs of you know, thousands of bits of different information that are coming into a warship at any one time. But up on the bridge of HMAS Anzac in 2003, the greatest lesson I could learn myself was to simply look out the window and always trust your instincts in using the senses that, that God has given us um, our eyes, our ears, um, to to distill and make sense of the information and the world around us uh, without necessarily always drawing on technological assistance. Always, uh, always, in my view, uh, keep uh, sound uh, obtainment of the sights and sounds that we see in order to best make sense of the world around us. And with that, we conclude this riveting, fascinating conversation with Paul Singer. Paul, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for making it fit into your schedule and, uh, you know, so many highlights in your life and uh, and variety of angles and twists and turns in the journey. And uh, thank you for uh, sharing some of those reflections with us now and, and truly um inspired by Yarra, you are, and also an inspiration to Yarra. So we give you great thanks for your time and uh, and your reflections this morning. Oh, I, I thank you very much, Paul, and I, I send my very best wishes to all current and future students at Yarra Valley and uh, 
in uh, in the knowledge that they are uh, being tremendously uh, looked after and inspired by the environment around them. Fantastic. Have a wonderful day, Paul, and uh, we look forward to uh, connecting and catching up again sometime soon. I look forward to it. Thanks very much, Paul. Okay. Bye for now. Well, there you have it. That wraps up another powerful episode of Inspired by Yarra. And I hope you found this conversation as interesting as I did when I was right there in the midst of it. Apologies for any audio glitches that you may have felt in there. It was uh, not ideal the way we had to record this, but I had to grab the opportunity to speak with Paul Singer in amongst his many commitments. We hope that uh, you were inspired by this story and his various reflections along the way. Particularly love uh, the busyness that he juggles with family and also in his role as, as a team leader and as the official secretary to the Governor-General of Australia. I also was really taken by his uh, efforts to give back, to contribute to uh, the greater good through his, uh, his charity organisation, Make a Mark Australia. And there's a, a great call to action. Uh, you can go and Google that, check it out on his website and, uh, and see how you might like to be involved. If you are a yog, a Yarra Old Grammarian, thanks for joining in. We hope that uh, you also are enjoying listening to some of your old classmates and uh, people who had experiences like you. We encourage you to continue to stay in touch. You can email us at podcast at yvg.vic.edu.au, especially if you've got any suggestions of other Yarra Old Grammarians, other yogs who you think have, uh, have got a story to tell or would be an interesting guest on our podcast. We continue to strive to bring you interesting and insightful stories of Yarra Old Grammarians. Please join us next time when we share with you another inspirational conversation with a yog. This is Paul Joy and on behalf of everybody here at Yarra and all the team who put together the Inspired by Yarra podcast. I want to wish you another day of inspiration where you strive today to go and make a positive impact in the world around you. Bye for now.